Welcome to the Build Your Base podcast. I am very happy today to welcome an old Bangkok friend, and that is Eric Vespui of Paleo Robbie to the podcast. Thank you for joining us, Eric. Thank you, Jack. Thanks for the invitation, and it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we've known each other for seven years now, and it's been really great to see Paleo Robbie grow and develop into what it is today. We have been partnered with Paleo Robbie since day one at base, so really looking forward to getting into the business and getting into what the Paleo diet is. But before we do that, just tell us a little bit about your background and how you first came to Bangkok. Well, I came to Bangkok first as a tourist in 2001, uh, but then in 2006, at the end of a corporate stint around the world, uh, I started working for as an expat for a company called GE Capital in Thailand. So that's when I moved here permanently. So that's 14 years ago. And then it was the 2008 credit crisis. And that was for the people in the banking industry. Uh, that was time a good time to take a sabbatical, uh, which I did really enjoy traveling around. Uh, just kept Thailand as my base, tried out different types of businesses. And in the end, it was Paleo Robbie that actually took off and kept me here. So you're Paleo Eric, who's Paleo Robbie then? So Paleo Robbie is, uh, is not my idea. I have a younger brother, his name is Robbie, and basically he has had health issues, even though we are genetically very similar. And, uh, and that's where the Paleo thing comes from a little bit. The idea of Paleo Robbie really came from somebody who had a really unhealthy lifestyle, mainly by just eating the modern diet in Western Europe switching to a completely whole foods natural diet and lifestyle and just having a lifestyle change that's day and night and that uh, made him so passionate enthusiastic that he has uh, convinced me to join him to start this business so when you talk about the sort of classic western diet that he was consuming before what mm. kind of foods are you talking about there well he, he was raised like he's the, he's the youngest of the three siblings. So my mom just let him eat whatever he wanted. And his favorite foods were, you know, white bread, margarine and milk chocolate. Incredible. And then in his early 20s or like even in his late teens, he always had a not so strong immune system, had some health issues. And older he got, like even like in a, at the tender age of 24, he had asthma attacks migraine high blood pressure and he really like started talking to doctors and nutritionists to get advice and they were just giving him traditional advice oh you have to eat like skimmed okay. uh, milk uh, fat-free yogurt uh, granola for breakfast avoid red meat yeah like avoid yeah. red meat and that just became and his health actually became worse mm. uh, were they giving him medication as well yes they were giving him okay. this is so back whoo, so classic western two, diet classic western prescription yeah this is 2010 doctors already were you know incentivized you know mm -hmm. anybody with lifestyle issues uh, diet issues here's some statins so that's uh, that's how it got started so how did robbie first discover the paleo diet and how did that help him? And I guess it'd be useful to know for those that aren't sure, what is the paleo diet? Yeah. So, so back in 2008, so that's a good five years before we started Paleo Robbie, I was here in Thailand already for two years and I started doing, uh, into getting into triathlons. And it was actually my triathlon coach who was advising me on nutrition and he just said, Eric, you're smart enough, just go to Google and search paleo. Now, from that search, obviously, as OCD as I am, 40 tabs open simultaneously, uh, read dozens of books on the topic of physiology, biochemistry, 
Uh, and this is stuff that's not part of any standard curriculum. Uh, this is not taught by anything, and it's it's like so simple in the end. Like once you've uh, once you've gained all that uh, all that knowledge, so I it really resonated with me, like the paleo uh, philosophy or the framework where you use the people say ancestral wisdom, but it's you know people were not necessarily that wise ten thousand years ago. They just you know didn't have a choice, right. <laughs> living on instinct. Exactly. Uh, human beings have evolved for a very, very long time to a particular environment and a particular diet. I still remember reading for the first time that uh, when you look at paleontology and anthropologists, uh, that like human beings alive 10,000 years ago, before the agricultural revolution, were actually taller than the average human being today, and they had just as big brains. And this is very like against conventional uh, wisdom. And then basically when the agricultural uh, revolution started happening and more and more people started living together into, into cities and most of the diets started to become potatoes, rice, maize, like uh, nutrition that has a lot of macros but not a lot of uh, micronutrients, you could see in the paleontological record uh, that humans became unhealthier, the skeletons became weaker, etc. So it's very evidence-based and that really resonated with me so it's like hey this kind of makes sense diet mm. and environment uh, is very important to how healthy you are and that's kind of accelerated hasn't it over the last 60 or 70 years with processed food so even if you look not, not necessarily to paleo times but just 200 years ago we actually would have eaten much more natural foods than we do now i think it started going wrong um about 400 years ago already when the Western diet especially started introducing molasses. Mm -hmm. So it's just pure sugar, right? But if you want to conserve foods for long sea voyages or to explore the world, uh, you know, if you can conserve food and sugar uh, or sugary things, they last very, very long. So that's where uh, you started seeing cancer rates going up or when you have certain native tribes switching that were completely cancer-free and then switching to a Western diet, suddenly they started getting the same diseases like the Westerners had. So if you have to get specific on the definition of paleo, cool. how would you wrap that up? What makes a food paleo or not paleo? That's a very difficult question to answer because in the strictest definition, you know, uh, you should only eat or uh, the things that were available to your ancestors many, many thousands of years ago. But that would also then... Kind of before the agricultural revolution, yeah, right? So and that, that's, that's a very strict definition because most of the things that were around 10,000 years ago are no longer there. And all the foods around us, you know, most of it is human-made by crossbreeding uh, certain vegetables. Like, for example, the, a real banana is full of seeds. But every banana in the world these days is seed-free, and that's why it's so popular and high, uh, high in sugar. So banana is definitely not paleo, but would I say you shouldn't eat it? No, absolutely not. It's like after a good workout and you need like sugar to regain your energy, it's a natural sugar and there's nothing wrong with it. But of course, you shouldn't eat 20 bananas a day. Mm. So to decide if something's paleo, we can kind of ask ourselves, would it have been available in some form more than 10,000 years ago, and that's kind of the, the rough litmus test to see whether it would fit in or not. I, I would say, number one, is it a whole food? 
So if it's something you can either hunt or grow yourself or forage yourself, you know, then it's probably easy for you to good to eat. Because if it's poisonous, uh, like a poisonous mushroom, nature will let you know very, very quickly that it's not good for you. The problem with is processed food, where you know these were engineered foods that are alien to your own DNA, and your body often doesn't know what to do with them. They don't know if it's good for you, don't know if it's bad for you, and health effects don't really show up until 10 to 50 years down, down the line. Like, if you drink Coca-Cola the first time, well, you feel great. Do you get sick? No, absolutely not. You can go f drinking a bottle of Coca-Cola every day for 10 years and not have any adverse health effects. But do that for 30 years, yeah, your chance of getting diabetes is becoming higher and higher. Mm. How does meat fit into it? Because of course meat would be paleo, we would have consumed that you know, more than 10,000 years ago. And, but then when you look at some of the quality of the meat today, mm -hmm. you know, would that be considered paleo? Is bacon paleo? Is processed ham paleo? So Is factory farm chicken That's considered very, paleo? Very good question. It's quite controversial in the, especially the last you know, three to five years. Um, so that's where paleo is quite different than other healthy, uh, healthy frameworks. And basically what makes paleo different is that we look at meat from a quality perspective and also a sourcing perspective. So you have good meat and you have bad meat. Uh, that's like one of the big differences. So if you have meat that, you know, like an, an elk or a deer that you hunted yourself, that's amazing nutrition. There's probably nothing more nutritious than consuming that animal. And it's also... Where can we hunt deer in Bangkok? Exactly. <laughs> so Bangkok, due to its population, there's almost no wild population anymore. Luckily, you can import a lot of things from places like Alaska, Canada, New Zealand, where there's mm. still... Uh, where animals are raised in a way that mimics the ecology of the wild. Mm. So the, pr the reason why meat is so controversial is that more than 90, 95% of the meat production in the world is industrial. And the way since, especially since the Second World War, that uh, big corporations have industrialized meat production, uh, I think everyone can agree there's a lot of uh, ethical dilemmas mm. in that process. So uh, my personal philosophy and adaptation of the paleo framework is basically there's no grain-fed meat, no industrial meat whatsoever as part of the paleo diet. Do you think it's some of these farming practices and industrial practices that have contributed to these studies which say that meat eating causes adverse health effects? Um, because you, you, you do hear it from time to time, right? I think there was a recent one a few years ago that was again very controversial. They said that eating meat was as bad as smoking. I yeah. compare the current meat discussion a little bit to the tobacco the, like battle of back in the day. There's uh, it's very big money, like it's a trillion dollar market and you have these like two out of three nutrition studies are sponsored by big corporates. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge bias to the outcome that certain research, that like the sponsors of that research want to hear. So yeah, of course, in people that lobby and have big vested interest in industrial meat farming, they'll try to say any red meat is fine. While the people who have invested in pea protein factories right. or pea protein whey products, they'll like all meat is bad. And I think, you know, paleo is more of a uh, intellectual scientific framework. It's like we don't take sides. It's like there's good and there's bad. Uh, you can't just, it's not binary. It's a gradient. 
I am a fan of the paleo diet and I try and adhere to it 70 to 80% of the time. And I do like how you break it down that it is, um, you know, it's whole foods as high quality as possible, as natural as possible. How, when you started the company, was educating the Thai market on paleo food, what that meant? Because, of course, rice is a real staple in this region. So tell us about that. We started completely from scratch. Nobody has ever done such a business before, and it was purely a lifestyle decision. Even meal delivery wasn't really a thing there, then, right? There was uh, food by phone, mm -hmm. and all you could get delivered was pasta and pizza and like, processed food and fast food. That was, that was it. Uh, but if you're... You know the current generation you know you don't like spending three hours a day uh, going to the grocery cooking uh, doing the dishes in my, in my case um, then you're looking for a service where just food is delivered to you that you can 100% trust so I think trust was the first mm. and most important thing uh, about the idea behind paleo Robbie so we started with like just 30 friends of friends that all live in Bangkok, uh, all foreigners. Um, that's how we got started. And they really like, oh, I really like that idea. Uh, and they told their friends. And suddenly we had 200 customers. Like, So this went from a hobby from our house where we just you know, cooked in our own kitchen to actually having to find a commercial kitchen, hire a chef, etc. Because it really resonated, at least within the expat bubble that we lived. Um, what we did not expect is that how much it would resonate because uh, people would actually actively reach out to us say hey can you tell me more etc and we started doing uh, the farmers market which was uh, just getting started back into yeah back in the beginning 2012 i think uh, which was quite popular and we just my, me and my brother one to one we would talk to people for take our time 20 minutes and we would share with them and give them the resources, what blogs to read, what books to read. Uh, and these customers today still eat with paleo Ruby. Did you get much pushback? It's fine to eat rice, it's fine to eat bread, you shouldn't eat this much meat. Did anyone sort of disagree with what you were saying? Well, there's, there's people who are interested and people who just and want to learn more and there's people who are just not interested to learn or, or into change, they're very resistant to change. And they would not even approach us. Uh, it's very simple, like, but, but people are like, oh, what, what's going on? They're, we pique their curiosity, that's how we kind of wheel them in, and then we just help them get to the right resources and answer all their questions and to see if we could get that spark going. Because once uh, it resonates with you, you really buy into it. And I think most people, probably like yourself, once you understand the concept, you buy in for life. So paleo is not a, is not a diet. It's just, it's a lifestyle, it's a philosophy uh, that you're probably going to buy in for the rest of your life. Can you think of any clients of yours that have had particularly good results from switching to a paleo we, way of eating? We have quite uh, a large library of success stories. Uh, we've published them, some, some of them on the, on the website, where literally they were like, you know, I was having health issues, very, very serious, seen so many doctors, very similar to the story of my brother. Uh, mm. seen so many nutritionists back in the day uh, and nothing helped and after that they just gave it a try 90 day challenge just eat whole foods don't eat any poisons and yes all their issues went away mm. like in almost all the cases mm. that I've heard of or they were willing to share with us 
Yeah, that's great. I think I was one of those success stories on your website, actually. Um, for me, it was really just having it delivered was just so huge for me. You know, I'm not much of a cook, never really enjoyed it much. So well, to have healthy food delivered you, was a big deal. You were deal. always already really healthy. Uh, so for you, the impact of switching or incorporating more whole foods as part of your total diet, probably the effect wasn't as noticeable. But a person who, you know, doesn't work out, has a, is severely overweight, and has a highly processed food and is already having uh, symptoms of being either pre-diabetic or high blood pressure. For these people to switch to a 100% whole foods diet, it's day and night. They literally, you know, like will, they will probably go through a two week, you know, a little bit of a detox, a bit of a, a mental haze period. But after that, it's, you'll feel good. Uh, you just see the results uh, from skin quality, energy level, uh, to, and most importantly, also your immune system. Yeah. I tried a few different dietary approaches. One was veganism. I tried juice fast. I tried no grains or paleo for a month and definitely felt a lot better. So mm -hmm. even though I was already fit, I was already strong, I was already training a lot, I found that I leaned out in a good way, felt a lot, had much better energy levels as well. So it was just definitely something that I particularly responded well to. And so mm -hmm. since then, as you've said, it's not a short-term thing. It's been quite easy just to incorporate that into my life and to cut out some of the foods that weren't really serving me well and weren't making me feel my best. I do like how you refer to it as a kind of lifelong thing. And that's why it shouldn't really be referred to as a diet. And so with that, tell us more about the paleo lifestyle. Like it kind of goes beyond just what you eat, right? Absolutely. Like it's, it all started back in the day. It was the, the saying was it's 80% how the way you look like is 80% uh, what you eat and 20% uh, exercise workout. Uh, I think that's no longer uh, that simple, uh, especially as you get older. I think things like stress and sleep are probably even more important mm. um, at the tender age of 40 since this year. So I definitely prioritize uh, sleep and stress uh, very much. So I'm, it's part of the paleo lifestyle. So I'm just aware of these things uh, much more and then food and then exercise. Uh, but there's, you know, uh, there's certain things like doing marathons every week is also not a healthy thing. That's right. also not a paleo lifestyle. So it's a, it's a holistic thing where, you know, you, you don't look at just food, you know, stress levels, I would say, uh, being the most underrated, the most underestimated uh, of them all. So go into a bit more detail then, if you're looking at sleep from a paleo perspective, mm. how do we look at that? How do we understand what we should do compared to, you know, our ancestors of years gone by? Well, if, obviously we would first look at the scientific studies done, like how did you know, because if you look at populations that have not been exposed to, you know, modern technology uh, and modern lifestyle, they, they sleep really well. Almost no sleep apnea, no insomnia, all, the, all these kind of things. And the way they sleep, you don't sleep with like lots of fluffy pillows, uh, etc. And you can tell, you know, they don't, they don't scroll through Instagram at a very fast pace just before they turn off the lights. So preparing to go to sleep, you know, uh, I have uh, these uh, Philips UE lights at home. So from 8 p.m., uh, all the lights in my bedroom, they go to, to go to red light. And of course, I have these blue light filters that go on, on automatically on both my iPhone. Having no media, no interaction with electronics after 8 p.m. is, uh, is hard. So mm -hmm. I'm not 100% paleo in that, in that regard. 
and then turning on your air conditioning to like 20 Celsius or below so you have a really nice cold and quiet bedroom. Blackout curtains also really recommended because back in the day you know there is no street lighting uh, coming in. Mm. So you obviously make a lot of effort to kind of mimic that paleo lifestyle of 20,000 years ago. It kind of feels like we're just moving further and further away really from how we used to live just in mm. terms of technology, light, of course diet as we've discussed. So finally, does that make you fear for our future as we move further away from the paleo lifestyle um, as a society? We are moving away further and further, but there's a backlash movement, right? So the paleo movement already got started back in the 70s, which was a, a reaction against the incredible uh, popularity of processed food. So I think at the same time, as people are at a mass scale, billions of people getting unhealthy lifestyle, there will also be a class of millions of people that will become enlightened and be, start to live healthier. And hopefully people will follow their example. But yeah, think things will get worse before they get better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, somewhat optimistic yes. with that curveball at the end. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on Paleo Food, Eric. It really has been a pleasure. Where can the listeners find out more about you? Where can they get in contact with you? And also find out more about Paleo Robbie? Uh, so the website is paleorobby.com. And people can always reach out to me just by email. This is Eric with a K at paleorobby.com. Okay, awesome. I'll leave links to those in the show notes of the episode. Thanks again, Eric. We look forward to getting you back onto the podcast to talk more about the business side and how you set up Paleo Robin. Perfect. It was a pleasure.